Come on in and welcome to On The Being Podcast. I am so excited that you have joined me, the host, Marquita Green, as I have come to empower you and to inspire and encourage you to find the balance in your life. You know where it is to be on the beam of life, that place where you might be overwhelmed, that place where you are wearing so many hats, and you might feel a little unbalanced and a little off kilter. Well, hopefully these few nuggets that I will give you will just keep you grounded and allow you to find balance while on the beam of life. Stay tuned. I'm so glad you decided to tap into today's podcast. I wanted to just drop in and to share with you some nuggets that I shared on a recent Monday night empowerment call. Those nuggets weren't just for me. They weren't just for those who showed up to the call, but they're for you as well. So take a moment, sit back, kick your feet up, listen in, and just remember, wait on the perfect timing. Amen. Amen. Glory be unto God. Happy Monday for each and every one of you who found it not robbery to be with us on this glorious evening. I want to do something different. And for those that have been on the calls when I've hosted the call and Deacon S. Dawnstead at times in the past, you know that I like to sometimes get into some worship. And so tonight's not going to be any different. So indulge me just for a little while. I'm going to play a song and I want you to listen to the words and just let it minister to your spirit for just a little while. Oftentimes, we just want to jump right in. But sometimes he says, I just need you to wait and I need you to rest in my presence. Hopefully you all can hear this okay. Whatever it is you're waiting for, he can renew all of your strength.
will come through. Somebody wants to give up. Somebody's wanting to throw on a towel. But this is the season to wait. You've got to believe that he's ordering your steps. No matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, you have to trust and you have to believe. Until my change comes, that's how long we wait. Is your mind made up? Are you willing to wait? Are you going to wait? When you're waiting for something to shift and change in your life, are you willing to wait? What God sent me to tell each and every one of you tonight is that God's will always trumps. God's will always trumps. He told me that this morning when I was sending out my weekly Monday motivational email to my email list. And then he followed that up with lean and depend on him. So when I sent that out this morning and then I didn't think much about it throughout the day, he brought me right back there this evening. And he said, that's exactly what I want you to tell my daughters. He said, I need them to understand that no matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, it is my will, not their will, that will always trump. Sometimes we don't know what that looks like. We don't understand what that feels like when we're in that waiting season. And that's why he said, I want you to start with that song. He said, so many times my sons and my daughters, they get ahead of me. They have in their mind 
a plan for what they believe is going to happen, how they think it's going to happen, when they think it's going to happen. And they don't allow my will to take over. They don't allow my will to come into place. But he says they've got to be reminded in this season before this year comes out that there were some things that somebody has been waiting for, that somebody has been believing in and was expecting it to happen in 2021. Somebody has said that I cannot leave this year without such a thing happening in my life, without this thing manifesting, without this event happening, without something coming into pass. But he said that is their will, but that may not be my will. And so I need you to remind my daughters that it is my will, that it is God's will that always trumps. Heavenly and most gracious Father, I thank you for this day, O oh God. I thank you for the opportunity to just be your mouthpiece in this hour. I pray that you decrease me in flesh and increase me in spirit, O oh God. I pray that you continue to open this open and saturate our hearts so that we might receive a word from you and when that word comes forth that it will fall on good ground thank you for avoiding out the distractions thank you for just allowing us to be in a place to receive what thus saith the lord father we love you and we praise you it is in your son jesus name that we pray amen as you all know i absolutely adore our deaconess dawn i am so grateful for this opportunity to sit before you on this Monday evening, on the first Monday of December. Today is December 6th of 2021. And somebody says, okay, I know we know the date, but I'm going to come back to that December 6th. But I am grateful for being here because this is a pivotal time of the year where we're looking back and doing some reflection on where we've been, where we've thought about what this year has looked like looked like we've thought about the things that we've come through the things that we've overcome and then some of us are saying but yet something has not come to pass somebody is saying that i'm still waiting for their job to come forth i'm still waiting for the healing in my body i'm still waiting for my mind to be whole i'm still waiting for my heart to be mended i'm still waiting for something to come to pass i'm still waiting for my finances to shift i'm still waiting for that house loan to be paid i'm still waiting the question is, are you waiting in God and are you trusting in God? He sent me specifically to remind us through that song that it is our season to just wait on him and to rest in him and to rest in his presence and to trust him, to lean on him and to depend on him. The text for tonight for those who want a foundational scripture is Ecclesiastes 3 and 1. And you all know this verse of scripture. It's a very common scripture. And it's one that we use a lot. And he said, in this season, in this hour, as we're closing out 2021, I don't want my daughters to think that I still can't do things because we know that we serve a God who can do all things but fail. We know that we serve a God who there is no such thing as an impossibility. So we know that with him, through him, all things are possible. And, and that's biblical. But what Ecclesiastes 3 and 1 tells us is that to everything, not some things, to everything, there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. 
And that's exactly why he wanted to remind us that it is God's will that will always trump. Because he has already predestined the plan. He has already laid out the will. He already knows in what season a thing will and will not come to pass. He already knows, we already know that he's ordained us for a purpose. In the same way that he told Jeremiah, for I know that the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope in a future for an expected end. In the same way he prophesied that for Jeremiah's life, He does that for our own life. And so he already knew that there was going to be a time for every purpose under heaven to be fulfilled in our life. The problem is you and I don't know that timing. We don't understand the seasons. We don't understand when he's going to respond. And so he sent me today to tell you that I need you to wait on me. I need you to rest in my presence. I need you to not rush the process. I need you to just wait to lean and depend on me. I mentioned that I was coming to you on this Monday, December 6th of 2021. And as I thought about that, for those who have been on on calls with me in the past, I'm very much into numbers. And for those of you who already know, the number 12, we're in the month of December, the 12th month of the year, represents governmental authority. The number six represents mankind, amongst other things. But when you look in the book of Genesis, it was on the sixth day that God created man. And so what he's telling us is that on today, December 6th, this is our opportunity as mankind to truly understand, accept, and embrace the governmental authority which has already been vested into us. What he specifically said is, you have been given the authority to execute everything God sent your way and to fulfill every purpose he sent you to fulfill, but you must await his timing. And those were his words not my words. When I was thinking about this, and for the last month or so, I've been thinking about Paul, and I kept saying, well, God, how how do you want me to describe the story of Paul to your sons and your daughters? And what he said is this, we can't miss the power of God's timing. And that's what Paul represented. For those of you who have studied Paul, the life of Paul, and who have read the book of Acts, when you get down to Acts 25, he's in a place of bondage. And he's in a place where he has done so much service. And let me go back for a second. Paul was initially Saul, who was somebody who was against Christians. He wasn't following the word initially. And then he had an experience where God spoke to him and said, why are you persecuting me? And then in that moment, things shifted for Paul immediately. And this was again, when he was Saul before his name was changed to Paul, he then had this experience, this encounter with God Something shifted and he began to go hard for Christ. He began to go out and preach and teach the gospel in his own way. The book goes 
through that journey of Paul's life. But then when we drop down to 25, we realize that there's a set group of people who said, well, wait a minute. I remember when Paul was Saul and he was against everything and he was speaking bad about our Christ, that he wasn't following the commandments, that he wasn't living right before God. And they wanted to kill him. They wanted to say that he was this bad, terrible person and that his life was no longer necessary. And he said, well, hold up. I've done what I've been called to do. I've had this transformation experience. I've been sold out to Christ all this time. Before you kill me, I want to go see Caesar. So he made a plea while he was in bondage. He made a plea and said, don't make a decision to end my life until... I get a chance to go before Caesar. Now, I'm paraphrasing because I don't want to hold us. But what I do want you to go back to is start in Acts 25 and spend some time this week reading between Acts 25 and the end of the chapter, which is in Acts 28. What you'll see is that when he asked to see Caesar, there were some things that Paul had to encounter along the way after he was captured. After he made a plea to see Caesar, what we see is that he still dealt with enlarged captivity. What that means is that there was a point in time where he could have been freed, but simply because he said, I want to see Caesar, he remained bound. So there was something in Paul's mind that says, I need to do a thing. I can't, my life cannot end here because there's still more work to be done. And I cannot end my life until I get to this specific destination. Because Paul said, there's more that I want to see. There's more that I want to do. He was held in bondage even the longer. Not only that, but he was then caught up in a boat. He was then on a ship headed to see Caesar and he and every passenger on the ship got caught up in a raging storm such to the point that they wanted to overturn the prisoners because remember I said Paul was bound they wanted to throw them aboard to get rid of some of the weight to lighten the load a little bit but Paul's life was spared because the end goal was to see Caesar Again, he had a vision in mind. He had a destination. And so while he was on this journey to fulfill the call and to get to finally see Caesar, he was caught up in this raging storm. But that wasn't it. He got off the ship. He made it to the shore. And then he got caught up by a venomous snake. Now, how many of you know that snakes kill, they hurt, they destroy skin, but not this time. I wrote that there was a snake bite, but when there is a bite, there's typically a tearing. There's typically typically a severing of sorts. There's something that is chomped down on. When we read the passage of scripture in Acts, what we actually see is that no harm came upon Paul. The snake came up out the water and attached its mouth to Paul's body part. However, Paul did not suffer any harm because he still had a purpose to fulfill. He still had something that needed to happen. And so although the snake came up, the people around Paul automatically thought 
that he must have done something, that he must have been spared up to this point. But they thought there's absolutely no way that he's going to sustain this snake bite. Yet he did. There was no harm that came upon Paul when that serpent attached itself to Paul's body. Instead, Paul was able to shake it off and suffered no harm. Even after all of that, Paul found himself in another state of isolation when he made it over to finally see Caesar. He was still bound up and he was alone. They did put him in his own quarters, but he was there all by himself. And even in that place, Paul continued to minister the gospel. I'm telling you all this because God wanted us not to miss the power of timing. Even though Paul had a specific divine destination, there was nothing that was going to take him out before he met the destination. He had some bumps in the road. He had some things he had to overcome. He had some things he still had to endure. He still had some painful times, even on the way to the promise. There's somebody on this call who says, God has, I know God has called me to something, but I can't see the light at the end of the tunnel because I keep getting bumped. I keep stumbling down. I keep feeling the rocks under my feet. I don't feel anything smooth just guiding me towards my purpose. Every time I take one step forward, something's pulling me back. There's something biting and nipping at me. There's something in my, in my heart. There's something in my body that's pulling me back. There's somebody that's saying, I believe God has sent me to a place, but it's so hard. It's extremely difficult. I keep having storm after storm. I keep feeling like I'm bound and I'm being held captive in my mind and my body and even in my spirit sometimes. I feel like I'm all alone on this journey. Well, guess what? So did Paul, but he made it to the end. And that's what I wanted to tell you tonight. It's so very interesting that Sister Dawn started this call by talking about elevation. I was actually going to tell you all that this past weekend, I was actually in Philadelphia because a dear sister of mine was elevated to, past, to, a, to the level of a pastor. And two other sisters were elevated in other positions as well. So I watched this ordination of three amazing women walk into their divine purpose and calling. And knowing these women, especially the one who was called to the level of pastor, I've watched them suffer in some areas throughout the journey. I've watched them endure some pain. I've watched them question where they were placed and where they were called to be. I've watched them be cast out by people. I've watched people pull them back and say, you're not ready for that destination. I've watched them question their qualifications for the elevated position. Yet and still, they're in the place where they're called to be because that's exactly what happens when we wait on the Lord, when we wait on his divine timing and when we allow him to order our steps, when we allow his will 
to be done in our life and not our will. When we press and persevere and not throw in a towel, then we see what we heard earlier in this call. We see the elevation come. We heard a number of names be called tonight because these women were steadfast and unmovable in what God has called them to. And maybe that's not your position and that's not your purpose, but there is something that God is calling you to. There is something that God has asked you to do. There is something that God has placed in your spirit. And he wanted you to know that this is the season to lean and depend on him and allow his will to be done. I hear somebody in the spirit saying, well, how is it that we lean and depend on him when we see all this strife coming? When you hear me talking about Paul's captivity and the storms and the snakes and the isolation, how do we lean and depend on God even knowing that these things are coming up against us? Well, there are three examples that he wanted me to tell you specifically pertaining to the governmental authority of mankind that we're talking about on this December 6th. The first one is to check your circle. Check your circle. When we look back at the story of Moses, there was a time where he wanted to get intel on the land of Canaan. And what he did was he sent out not one, not two, not 10, but he sent out 12 spies to check out that land. He sent 12 spies to check out the land. And that number is significant because of this governmental authority, because man was given the authority to go into a new land, to check out territory and to bring back a report. But we already know that only two brought back a positive report. Why that is significant is we need to make sure that our circle is large enough to make sure that we have the right people standing with us. So the question to you is, who's in your circle? And do you have enough support in order to allow your Joshua and your Caleb to stand out? Do you have enough people in your circle that you can truly identify your Joshua and your Caleb? When we get to a point where God gives us the authority to do a thing, he's sending people with us that are going to help us in that elevation, that are going to help us to bring the vision to pass, that are going to help us to chart new territory. But we've got to have the right people around us. And we have to have enough people to be able to sift the wheat and to sift the weight. If you have only a few people around you, they may not all be able to catch your vision. And that's why you've got to have more than less. If you only have one or two and they're not the right one or two, then you may not have your Joshua and your Caleb at the table. So I'll leave that there. The second thing he sent me to tell you is to check your level of commitment. Check your level of commitment. When Jesus was just a young child, his parents always went to Jerusalem to celebrate the feast of the Passover. And that was an annual event for them. But how many of you know that there was this one particular year that Jesus tarried behind? That's when he was 12 years old. See, that was, again, an example of 
the governmental authority of mankind, where this young boy took the authority that was on his life and said, there's something that's causing me to tarry. And so the question to you is, when you reflect on what Jesus did as just a young boy, are you as committed to fulfilling your purpose as Jesus was as a young boy? Specifically, he said, ask my daughters, can you identify the seasons when God is calling you to tarry behind? Again, we started with the song, ministering to our spirits to remind us to wait on the Lord. Are you giving God the space and the grace to tarry? When he says, this is your season to just tarry in my word to tarry in my presence, to meditate on everything that I embody? Are you giving yourself the grace and the space to do that? Are you committed to that calling? And will you tarry knowing that you're going to have to leave some people behind? Are you willing to tarry knowing that like Jesus, who left his parents, that there may very well be somebody or a number of somebodies that you have to leave behind. And so for those who were asking, why did we bring up Moses and the 12 spies? Remember, I said, you've got to have more in order for your Joshua and your Caleb to rise up. Well, when you think about what Jesus did when he was committed to the cause at the age of 12, he tarried behind to follow Jesus, which meant he had to leave some people. Are there enough people in your circle that the Joshua and Caleb can rise and you can also leave people behind knowing that everybody can't be elevated with you? Everybody can't go with you to where God is calling you to. And the third and final thing he sent me to tell you tonight is to check your faith. Check your faith. All of us know about the unnamed woman with the issue of blood who suffered for, there's that number again, 12 long years when she was ostracized, when she was outcast, and she was isolated. And then, finally, this woman who is a part of mankind met her season of governmental authority, she pulled down on her faith. She called on the name of Jesus just through her physical action and she was healed. So the question to you is, is your faith strong enough to endure the test? Those same tests that Paul had to endure as he was on his journey towards death. He knew what the end was going to be, and yet he endured so much, even knowing that the end was near. Is your faith strong enough to endure the tests that are being sent your way? And are you willing to persevere past the pain of persecution? Are you willing to press and to lean and depend on God in order to see God's promise manifest in your life. So that's how we lean and depend on God, is we check our circle, we check our level of commitment, and we check our faith. 
we understand that God's will will always trump. That it is not our will that is going to be done in our lives. But we trust and believe that to everything, there is a season and there is a time for every purpose under the heaven. And so we wait on God and we allow him to do the good work that only he can do, that we allow him to take over our lives. We allow him to lead and guide our steps. We allow him to take over our finances. We allow him to take over our relationships, our marriages, our parent-child relationships. When our children have gone wayward, we trust them into his hands that his will shall be done. When we're waiting for a job opportunity to come, we know that God's will shall be done. When we're waiting on a house to come, an apartment to come, a roof to be fixed, some other household damages to be done, some new furniture or whatever it may be, we wait and we trust that God's will shall be done. When we're waiting for a physical healing in our body, we move like the woman with the issue of blood and we trust that God's will shall be done, not in our timing, but in his timing. What if that woman would have given up on year five, on year eight, on year 10? She never would have been able to get to her divine timing for her healing. In the same way that she pressed and persevered, we have to press and persevere no matter what it looks like and no matter what it feels like. The, I talked about marriages, that wayward spouse, the marriage that's on a brink of destruction. We wait on God's divine timing and allow his will to be done. We don't just walk away. We don't step out of the marriage. We don't just throw in a towel, but we wait on his divine timing. Whenever our bank account is looking like all this funny money, we trust in God's divine timing that even though the storms are raging, we understand that at some point, because we serve a God of impossibilities, that the, the storm is going to pass and that a calm is going to come, but we have to endure. So my encouragement to you is just to remember that you are walking in a governmental authority that has been placed in your hands as a part of mankind on this day. And there is something that he's called you to. There's a position, there's a purpose, there's a plan that he's waiting to manifest in your life. And it may not happen before December 31st of 2021. And that is okay because it is not our timing but it is his timing. It is not our will, but it is God's will that will always trump. So I won't belabor the point. What I want to do now is open up the... Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of On The Being. I hope that you have gotten some word or some nugget of empowerment or encouragement, motivation, and inspiration to just keep you balanced and focused while on the beam of life. Come back for the next episode and be sure to share this podcast with your friends, families, and loved ones. I love you. I'll be praying for you. And I am here standing in the gap with you. Have a great day. Peace.